The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Web Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about what you need to know to understand and optimize the health of your digital properties. Joining us for Website Health Week is Ashley Berman-Hale, who is the Vice President of Professional Services at DeepCrawl, which is a company that empowers the world's leading brands to harness their full revenue potential through the one initiative most businesses overlook, technical SEO. In addition to providing us with our guest today, DeepCrawl is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search podcast. So far this week, Ashley and I have talked talked about the importance of, of website health. We've talked about the SEO funnel and what are the required resources that you need to consider to make sure that your website is actually healthy. Today, we're going to continue the conversation and talk about website health at enterprise scale. All right, here's the fourth installment of Website Health Week with Ashley Berman-Hale from DeepCrawl. Ashley, welcome back to Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you. I hope you're still happy to have me here. It's been a hell of a week. Of course, we're happy to have <laughs> you here. We love you. We love Deep Crawl. And we love talking about some of the technical things that matter for SEOs. You know, so far this week, we've talked kind of high level about what is website health? How do you evaluate it? How do you think about the stages? What tools do you need? At some point here, it's relatively simple to think about, well, all right, I've got a little website. I've got a couple pages. I'm going to crawl, take a look, and it's easy to analyze this because we're not working at large scale. But in reality, most of the people that are listening to this podcast are sitting here saying, look, it's easy to say I need three sets of tools, but I work for a gigantic website that's got multiple brands, that got thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, pieces of content, if not millions. How do you think about the differences in monitoring your website health when you're not looking at a relatively small, simple website, but something that's the big behemoth enterprise scale website. Yeah, tools are really important. But for me, I would lean on tools that offer you data and transparent data site-wide. I hate to say like you need 15 tools, but ultimately you're going to need tools that allow your best people to do their best work. There are some great tools that handle massive websites. I promise you, you're not alone. Some of our favorite clients at DeepCrawl, like eBay, have massive web presences that have been around for, I don't know, a long time. God, math. I told you before, I'm an art history major, not a mathematics major. I think like 95, something like that. I have experience with this. I helped run the eBay SEO team for just a cup of coffee with my buddy Jordan. I saw this. My buddy Jordan Cooney and I, that's how we met and it's actually led to the start of the Voices of Search podcast, you know, five or 10 years later. All right. Serendipitous. I really love that brand and the people there. It's really an interesting case. But then we also you know we work with sites like Fandom, who was Wikio when they had a site migration. They were migrating a quarter of a million subdomains. So 
you're not the first. Take pleasure in that. Also, I think we're creating more of this shareable community where folks can talk through these really large enterprise clients in a more transparent way in the community. The tech SEO community is fantastic. But ultimately, for me, it comes to like going way back to the platform health. If I have a platform that I'm not having to put band-aids and spaghetti code around, then I should have templates that behave in a fairly normalized way so that it's not me looking at every single page, but it's me having some of that editorial governance around how people are affecting how pages render. And then I can check out slices, right? I want to have full data on their performance. I want to have full crawl data. But when I'm spending my time day to day, if I have a nice, healthy SEO platform, that I'm looking for those trends and then trends that I can, or things that I can change at scale. You cannot really scale humans. You can scale tools to allow your very smart humans to do the best analysis. To me, when you think about enterprise SEO, this is really where the rubber meets the roll when it comes to technical SEO for a couple of different reasons. One, the sites are large. You can't rely on intuition, right? I uh, Working on the 2,000-page voices of search.com website, it's pretty easy for me to say, well, our content pages are performing well or not because I could look at a couple of high-level metrics. When you're talk, talking about a site, the scale of eBay, where there's millions of product pages, thousands of category pages, you've got content all over the place, you've got linking that's super complex, but you also have multiple domains, you can't just sit there and say, well, I I think the product pages are working fine. You got to have some data. So what are some of the common problems people have in enterprise monitoring their website health when they're working with large, complex properties? Yeah. So the first could be tool limitations. Like I said, there are a lot of smaller, more accessible, or even free tools out there for smaller sites. One of the reasons Deepcrawl exists is that we wanted to gather data at scale and to be able to run everything off local machines so that you aren't you know, creating a hand warmer all the time every time you ran a crawl. So making sure that you have access to all of that data. The next part is just understanding the nuances. Chances are if you have a site that big, you've had lots of hands in that pie, right? There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So one... One case I want to point out is just that as you've had other folks come in and design and launch and make changes, whether it's for a specific product or something broke or some executive had a brilliant idea that you had to follow through on because they weren't listening to your ideas. This is like a subtle nudge to like execs, trust the people that you pay to be specialists. You may find things that affect massive swaths of the website that are hard to detect. So I'm going to toss out there an eBay example just since we have that common framework there. Since it's near and dear to my heart. I, yeah, I love the folks there. But as an example, when I first started at Deepcrawl, one of the things that I wanted to do was some parity tests with different user agents to see what was changing. A lot of folks will get sold a responsive site, for example, that has some dynamic rendering. So it's not 100% responsive. Some of the things will switch per user agent versus just adjust to screen size. In that case, there was a small link module in the footer that the designer set to dynamically render. So it wasn't showing up on mobile. That's not a huge deal in general until you realize that Google has swapped to mobile-first indexing and now crawls everything on mobile. And suddenly we had a link module that was showing up in the footer of every single page of the site that was no longer getting picked up by Google. 
So that changed the entire architecture and crawling architecture of the site and was completely unforeseen and tricky as hell to find. So I guess the real question when it comes to enterprise scale, obviously the tooling is a little different. You run out of the bandwidth or abilities to be able to use some of the smaller tools. You have to go to something that can handle the mass and scale and scope of a large website. So how do you manage the health of an SEO website at enterprise scale? What are the some of the challenges that come across with coping with that scale other than just cost? Yeah, other than just cost, I want to go back to transparency, both in terms of making all your reports transparent. If it's important to you, if there's a way that you measure your success, so for me as a tech SEO, it might be the overall site hygiene. I just want to see what the landscape is. Then I want everyone else who has some investment in that site or their work ties to it to also be able to see that. It can be a little scary airing your dirty laundry, but that's ultimately how we figure out what the priorities are as a group and in order to get the resources. So there's got to be transparency in the data and you've got to be talking about all that. I think that it's so important to be able to allocate resources that find the website a top priority and respect that. The biggest problems that we see with big companies getting stuff done is that SEO will either sit under marketing and can't get anything done, or it'll sit under product and can get things done, but is not tied to the overall brand mission and the marketing content. So at scale, you have to bring people from both sides together to get things done and get things done directionally in the way that the business requires. What I'm hearing from you is that there's a couple different challenges when you're thinking about monitoring your website health at enterprise scale. You know, obviously first is the tooling. You have to expand to tools that can handle the amount of data and have the capacity to manage a business of your size. But second, you've got multiple stakeholders, right? You not only have to be able to give access to lots of people to analyze and interpret the data, but you also need the ability to format in a way where it can be applicable to multiple different constituents. I need to be able to use my crawler to figure out what's happening on my website so I can share it with my engineering team so they can solve problems, but also so I can help them understand, but also so I can share it upwards to my executive team and help them understand what we've done, what we're accomplishing with the impact on the businesses. So when you think about enterprise scale and communications across your organization, you know, what are some of the things that you look at to figure out whether you have the right tooling and resources for a larger business? I want to make that data first and foremost meaningful. Brevity is not my specialty, as you've probably noticed. I want all of the data. But in order to get that buy-in and get excitement, I think technical SEOs need to find the data sets that are transparent and relevant and really just focused on what is most important to those groups. So it's going to be different for the content folks than it is for the developer and product folks than it is for all of our bosses. So it's that kind of constant education and access to information that is going to be key. And if you have tools that are open and can help you deliver that data, fantastic. Otherwise, do something like the Google Data Studio, where you can port in data from different types of APIs, where you can grab what's important from different tools. And I mean, it's easy. It's Google. It's pretty. You can go ahead and create your own dashboards and resources that are not only going to be able to get more buy-in, but are also going to make you valuable as hell because that's who they go to for the information. So it's, it's not just tools. It's not just costs. It's giving them information that's actionable and relevant. And I would also say from a downward, from the top down, you have to give people space to be their best. Do not hire 
one person to manage content and tech. If you are an enterprise site, there has to be value in understanding the nuances of the industry and getting folks that have either the past learning resources or access to education to actually do their job effectively. We see that a lot. We see folks that are brought in to do everything. That's also going to create a huge handicap when it comes to the success of the site. So there's incremental resources that you need when you're working at enterprise scale as well. It's not just a one person solves all problems. When you've got a site this big, there's just too much work and too much complexity. There's also a lot of value when you're thinking about technical SEO when you're working at sites that are large. Often when we're talking about smaller sites, it's really hard to rank for the true head terms. We mentioned eBay before. I might look up e-commerce website and eBay might be the first listing shown or shopping. You're looking at eBay, you're looking at Amazon likely being in the top results. You can accomplish great things when you've got these large sites if you get your act together. You know, what are some of the ways that you can maximize the opportunity because you've got a site that's so large? How do you make sure that your website health starts working for you? So that, you know, we're working right now with one of the largest financial institutions and they have a really interesting thing where just because of their brand, they already have a lot coming into the game. But if they're not doing that research on the back end and really fine tuning the tech SEO, the content SEO and understanding the users, that brand name got them far, but not far enough to get the right people to convert. So it's great when you have the safety of that umbrella. However, it is just as important to do the research and get people for the right terms. So let's say... I'm trying to think of a great example here. What's another big brand? Let's say I'm Macy's. And because I've got a brand and I'm recognized all over the country, I can get some head terms like Macy's department store, clothing, stuff like that. But ultimately, what I want to do is I want to sell prom dresses this season. Now, if you go in and Google certain types of prom dresses, like blue ankle length prom dresses, it's been a while since my prom, but... Is that a thing? Sorry. (laughs) Hey, yes, it is. I don't know your personal life, but I got a couple of kids and I will tell you there are specifics, but... And there's a large volume for those queries. But suddenly now the folks that you are ranking against are smaller sites. So it's understanding and putting that to impact and not resting on your laurels. Because once you get down to the queries that are far more likely to convert and are more lucrative, you're no longer top dog. Like it's no longer just relying on the fact that you're a brand that's been around forever. So it's just as important to do those research and not rest on the head terms. Head terms are harder than hell to get. Easier for big companies, but they're expensive and they don't convert as well. At the end of the day, when you're thinking about technical SEO at the enterprise scale, it not only helps you from the head all the way down to the tail. When you build that reputation, you get access to the head terms. Sure, they're time consuming and expensive to rank for, but you're also able to use that strength of your domain, the health of your website to outcompete some of the smaller sites down at the tail. And that wraps up this episode of Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ashley Berman-Hale, the VP of Professional Services at DeepCrawl. If you'd like to hear more of Ashley and DeepCrawl's tips for effectively understanding and evaluating the health of your website, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we wrap up Website Health Week by talking about automating your website health. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Ashley, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Berman-Hale, that's B-E-R- 
R-M-A-N-H-A-L-E. Or you could visit her company's website, which is deepcrawl.com. D-E-E-P-C-R-A-W-L.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 